welcome to Valley Christian Church. We hope you enjoy this message, and we hope you join us on Sunday mornings at 10.30. We are located at 432 East Pleasant in Tulare. After the message, take a moment and visit our website at vcctulare.com. It is our prayer that ultimately you learn to love the Lord with all of your heart, soul, mind, and strength. Well, we're really in that time of the year that things get so busy. I mean, you would agree with that, right? And and that's not always bad. It's good to uh, be busy. It's good to be around friends and family and, and all that. But it's also that time of the year when we celebrate this spectacular event, a story that we really just never get tired of. And we should never get tired of it because it involves a Savior that came to this world to to save us, to save the lost. And Jesus Christ has saved me, saved me from so many different things in my life. Saved me from the world really overtaking my life and sending me a direction that was not good. Uh, You know, saved me from, from the world, you know, overtaking God's presence in my life also. And He continually saves me with this ultimate grace that He gives me. That being the, the very presence with Him when my body physically dies. That is the ultimate gift that he can give. This morning we're going to be in Matthew 1.18. And to begin this wonderful story, a story we've heard dozens of times, if not hundreds of times over the years. And my prayer is that in this time that we really stop and once again we're, we're really amazed by the beauty of this story. We're really amazed about, about what God did here, what, what, what the Lord, you know, God came down to this earth. He chose to do that. And, and it's such an amazing thing. And He did that because we needed a Savior, one that was born for us. So Matthew 1.18, it says, This is how the birth of Jesus came about. His mother Mary was pledged to be married to Joseph. But before they came together, she was found to be with child through the Holy Spirit. Because Joseph, her husband, was a righteous man and did not want to expose her to public disgrace, he had, he had in mind to divorce her quietly. But after he, after he had considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary home as your, uh, as your wife because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will give birth to a son and you are to give him the name Jesus because he will save his people from their sins. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had said through the prophet. The virgin will be with child and will give birth to a son. They will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. When Joseph awoke, uh, when Joseph woke up, he did what the angel Lord had commanded him and took Mary home as his wife. But he had no union with her until she gave birth to a son and he gave him the name Jesus. Christmas is a time when we celebrate and we have the celebration of the birth of Jesus Christ. That God sent His only Son to be born of a virgin, born in Bethlehem. That He could live here and bring salvation to all who wanted it. And all you have to do is really watch the news, read the newspaper, pick up Newsweek, and you will see that there's all sorts of stories around this time of the year. All these, you know, all these scholars come out to debate, you know, was there really a man named Jesus? Was, you know, was he really born of a virgin? And all these ins and outs. I mean, you can read all the articles. I don't suggest it. 
But, the, but we need to get to a point where we start understanding and telling the story from a biblical base and not from a perspective of watering it down about what really happened. 87% of Americans say they believe the story. The story is not controversial, but it does take a step of faith. It would be so easy this week for you to, to, to take a little bit of time out of the busyness and out of all the shopping and all the gift, you know, finding for those people that, you know, do it late in the season and all that. It would be so easy for you to sit down and, and read both Matthew 1 and 2 and, and Luke 1 and 2 and prepare your heart for really what Christmas is all about. When we start this morning in Matthew 1, we're, where Mary, which is, you know, probably a teenager at this point, is pledged to be married to Joseph. And it's clear in both Matthew and Luke that they had not been intimate with each other yet. They had not come together as a couple. Yet Mary was, you know, with child. Which would have been very confusing for, for a young man, for Joseph. Seems like he still loved her. I mean, the, the scriptures say that he didn't want to expose her to everybody, didn't want to drag her through the streets, because by the law... By the Old Testament law, by the Jewish law, by his own beliefs, he could have very well done that because he just offended him and his whole family. Think of Middle Eastern, you know, way of, of doing things. By law, he had that privilege to do that, but he didn't want to. Even though it seems like she betrayed him. He did not want to embarrass himself or, his fa- or her or family. And it was kind of working on this secret divorce thing. And I'm sure he was up late worrying about these things. Why am I so sure of that? Because he's human. He's just like you and me. We would be up late working, you know, worrying about these things. How is his family going to react? I mean, these weddings, they take time to plan. It's not like it just comes together. Oh, we're going to have a wedding next weekend. For some people, that works out well. For, you know, for most people, they, they do a little more planning than that. How's his family going to react? How, you know, his friends. Are they going to laugh at me now? Oh man, am I going to be able to hold my head high? Will I be, you know, will, will I be able to, to marry somebody else? Or, or is there going to be so much shame on me because of the situation? I'll never be able to get to marry. I mean, you know, all these things could have been going through his head. Will the father now accept me to marry his daughter? Because it was all arranged marriages. This was a difficult time for him. And I'm sure that he had a hard time going to sleep. And he finally got to sleep. An angel of the Lord appeared to him and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife. (laughs) Don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. What do you mean don't be afraid? After what she's done to me? But then he offers the explanation. Because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will give birth to a son, and you will give him the name Jesus, because he, he will save his people from their sins. So this child was born and they named him Yeshua or Emmanuel, meaning God with us or God saving us. And Matthew uh, quotes more Old Testament scripture than anybody else. And he quotes, uh, he takes a quote from Isaiah uh, that was written back in 733 BC. So 733 years earlier. It says, Therefore, the Lord himself will give you a sign. The virgin will be, be with child and will give birth to a son, and will call him Emmanuel. Now, in the Old Testament, a sign means uh, a miraculous thing or a signal. 
or an, a mighty, you know, a mighty, mighty act of God that proves a point. And the Almighty God, you know, being born on this earth, this proves His love for us. That He chose to be with us. Not to just observe. Not just to sit back and go, okay, well, what, what do humans really go through? But to experience it right along beside us. To experience what we experience. Now listen to, to Luke as he tells a story in, in verse 26. It says, In the sixth month, God sent an angel, Gabriel, to Nazareth, the town in Galilee, to a virgin pledged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of David. The virgin's name was Mary. Do not be afraid, Mary. You have found favor with God. And this word favor is, a, is, is karos, which means grace in the Greek. God has been gracious to you, Mary. You have found grace when you have found God. This young woman had lived a life to, apparently to a point where God had looked down upon her and said, this child is precious. I'm going to just pour out my grace on her. She loves me so much, I'm going to use her in this way. Was she perfect? No, me, by no means. She was a teenager. How many teenagers do you know are perfect? Should we bring them back in and ask all the teenagers, are you perfect? No, she wasn't perfect. But she found grace in God's eyes. What a beautiful place to be. You will be with child and give birth to a son. And you are to give him the name Jesus. In, in verse 34, Mary says to the angel, How will this be since I am a virgin? Funny, ha ha, come on. You've got to be joking. Good joke, okay, bad dream. Hello, I'm not even married. I'm engaged. I'm not even married yet. What are you talking about? But in verse 35 it says, The angel answered, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Exactly what Jim was talking about from Psalms 91. The Most High will overshadow you. So the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. Even Elizabeth, your relative, is going to be with child in her old age. And she, and she who was said to be barren in her sixth month, was in her sixth month. For nothing is impossible with God. Mary answered, I am the Lord's servant. May it be to me as you have said. Now it's very clear here that, that Mary was a virgin. It's the same, you know, same definition as we use for the word today. But it's important for you to understand that the word virgin in the Bible really had, you know, could have two different meanings. First of all, it, it could be uh, what a, you know, a young woman who, who became physically mature. In other words, they'd reached a point in their life where they could have, you know, they went through puberty already and so forth. But, the, you know, they may or may not be sexually active. Now, this is not the type that we're talking about. The type that we're talking about is a more strict definition of a young woman who had never been physically intimate with a man. Well, Pastor Allen, how, how do you know this? Is this your own personal bias? The reason why I know this is because Mary says it. Gabriel the angel says it, and Isaiah says it. If I'm not going to believe the true virgin birth, then I have to go against everything I believe in the Scripture. And I'm not willing to do that. The Lord has put me through enough for me to understand that His saving grace just overwhelms my life. So I'm not willing to go, well, the whole virgin thing, I, I don't even understand it, no. I know that this may even seem like little simple. This is what we teach children. But unfortunately, we have to go through these simple things because there's some you know, great minds out there that want to keep this idea alive that maybe she wasn't a virgin. 
then how do you know if, if he really was God? How do you know that, that there is a God if you won't even accept that? Mary says, how can this be? Gabriel doesn't say, well, I, I know there was that one time, Mary. I know you slipped up. He doesn't say that. No, he says, here's what's going to happen to you, Mary. And this is not the normal way children are conceived. This is not even artificial insemination. This, you know, that is called science. This is flat out a miracle. And Jesus is to be called the Son of God because He is the Son of God. Not the Son of Joseph or anyone else. Now I want to mention this, that Isaiah uses the word sign. It will be a sign to you. Now I said earlier, a sign is, is something miraculous. If Mary had been with a man then this would not have been a sign. This would not have been miraculous. This would have been an oops. And this is not an oops type of thing. Verse 35, it says, The angel answered, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the Holy One, One to be born will be called the Son of God. We have to stop and think about how really awesome this really is. The overshadowing of the power of the Holy Spirit, the, uh, the power of the Most High. This overshadow word is the same word for, for when God's presence came down into the temple, when Solomon dedicated it to the Lord. That overshadowing of, of God's presence there. It's the same word. The Spirit of God came down from heaven and rested on it and overshadowed it. This is Gabriel telling, telling Mary that you will be like the temple of the Lord. God is going to overshadow you and fill you. She was in God's shadow. A very safe and special place to be. I can imagine Mary saying, how can I do this? And I can see Gabriel saying, you're not. God is. And I think this morning we can all take stock in this, that if we have the Lord in us, the Spirit overshadows us. The Spirit is, is fighting the battle with us and sometimes even for us. That we know that God is ultimately in control and we can relax. Instead of, how in the world am I going to get through this? How in the world am I going to accomplish all this? The Lord's going, I'll be right there with you. I can fight this. In fact, I'm going to fight it for you. I'm already out there. You haven't even gotten out. Of, you haven't even gotten out of bed yet. You're still asleep. God says you're not going to have to. That that idea, that passion that's being birthed in you, it is from me, and therefore, let me help you do it. Let you know. Let the Spirit drive you and finish what you start in your life. And just so you know and understand, Mary, I can imagine the conversation here. You know your older Aunt Elizabeth, and don't you love it when the Bible says you're older, you know? You know the older aunt that you have is going to be with child in her old age, and she will be, and she who was said to be barren in her, is in her sixth month, for nothing is impossible with God. And just so because I know you're young, just because I know you need a little encouragement, I've got somebody else over here who's going through the same thing that's sitting there going, I, I, I don't understand. I'm too old to have a child. I, I, but I'm pregnant. What's going on here? It's, it amazes me how the Lord often provides somebody else going through something very similar in their life to help us to understand that God is really ultimately in charge of my life.
I love this about God. What a God we serve, you know? That He connects us up with people to guide us. Connects us up with people who, who have gone before us. Or maybe even going through the same thing at the exact same moment. This is not a scientifically explainable thing. This is a miracle, plain and simple. And the way it would done, the way it's done is it, it requires faith to believe it. Faith in Him. It's an impossible story that really happened. Is this just a little story? Or did it really, really happen? And this is where a Bible Christian, somebody who's, who's learned the Word, steps up and says, this is truth. This is actually what happened. And it's a beautiful thing when Christians stand up and say, let me tell you the truth. Not in a rude way, but just say, you know, that God has proven himself in my life. And let me tell you about the things that I've gone through that he saved me from, or he's gotten me out of, or he's he prevented me from going into. Let me tell you what God has done in my life. And a young lady, a teenager, who, who's actually following the Lord here, God found such grace in her that He chose her to be Jesus' mother. You know, we read this story and think what amazing, you know, thing it is for Mary and what experience, you know, what an amazing experience this would be for the, the Spirit to overshadow her. I'm sure she was excited and scared at the same time. I'm sure she had the same thoughts as Joseph. You know, what happens to my engagement now? Will God take care of me? Because I, I'm, 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 I'm thinking Joseph is, he's out of here. Because he's not going to put up with this. No. Not in the city we live in. Come on. You've seen how the other guys act when somebody does this. No way. What will the one that I love think of me now? What will his friends say to me? What will they say to him? But all of this is totally blown away because the Holy Spirit is overshadowing her. She knows and she understands. And when we start to read the Old Testament and the New Testament in its entirety, like Jim said in Psalms 91, you know, when we dwell in Him, He will overshadow us when we dwell in Him. Come to find out we are overshadowed also by the Holy Spirit. We're also to be filled by the Holy Spirit. We're also to, to bear Christ, Christ, in a sense, birth through us by our own actions. Now, some of this would look up and say, what in the world are you trying to say? What do you birth through us? I'm a man. Come on. He dwells in us. So we start to take the character of Christ and put it into our life. And in some ways, we're in the same situation as Mary. We say, how in the world am I supposed to get through this? And the Holy Spirit says, You need to relax because I'm going to do it. All you need to do is be willing. All you need to do is is respond and say, okay, whatever you say, I'll do. He says, I'm going to overshadow you. I'm going to do this. I'm going to use you to do it. And, you know, what is Mary's response? You've got to be joking. I'm I'm expecting that if something like that happened to me, that's probably what my response would be. You've got to be joking. Whatever. No, I don't think so. Do you know how many people will laugh at me, Gabriel? Do you know how my family and my friends will treat me? No way. Go find somebody else. What was Mary's response? Was it no? Mm -mm. Verse 38, it says, I am the Lord's servant. May it be to me as you have said. And this is what I really love 
about Mary. I mean, a teenager responding in this way. Such wisdom in this response. I'm your servant. She said yes to God, and everything in her life changed for her. Her life really became, you know, shamble. I mean, just a chaos because of this. As far as the world was concerned, Joseph, man, you know his attitude probably changed a little bit until the Holy Spirit got a hold of him. The wedding plans change. The travel dates change. All of a sudden they're becoming famous or infamous depending on your view of, uh, you know, and your thoughts of Jesus. But saying yes to God is what Mary's life is all about. This is why we idolize her. She's really a cool lady. And, and I agree some take it a little too far on that end. But she's so cool. In reality, she said yes to God. And it is an awesome thing. Sometimes as, as Christians, we believe saying yes means all our problems are solved. I guess it's all over, you know. I became a Christian. My finances are going to straighten out. My marriage, my relationship with my kids, my job, all this stuff, it's all going to straighten out instantly. But that's not necessarily how it works. In the end, they are straightened out when we go to meet with Him in heaven. And along the way, some other things may be straightened out as we become more like Him. But life changes because we need to start making different decisions. We need to change the way we think and and the way we act along the way. It affects our marriage or maybe even who we marry. It affects our career. It affects how I spend my money. Man, life would be easier if I didn't tithe. Man, I'd get a boost all of a sudden. Many of you would get a boost all of a sudden in your personal finances. How I spend my time the jokes that I laugh at, the language I use, what I do for fun. In the world's eyes, I'm just a weird person. Now, I know for many of you that, that's also true. You know, you think it's just my personality. But I really believe that that is God. It has to do more with God than it does with me. I want to warn you about something. When you do say yes to God, and I'm not just talking about salvation. I'm talking about how we live our lives on a daily basis that things will change when we say yes. And sometimes it's a difficult change. Sometimes it's a, it, you know, it's a very hard change. But the, in the end, we're so much better off. We just can't see that when we start the process. But it's one decision, and then another decision, and then another decision. Isaiah says, The virgin will be with child and will give birth to a son, and we will call him Emmanuel. Now, the L or the E-L means the only God. Emmanuel means God with us. So what this is saying is the only God is living amongst us. Now, is that awesome or what? That, that is an unbelievable thing. The only true God, the only one, He is with us. He is amongst us. John says it like this in John 1.14. He says, The Word became flesh and made His dwelling amongst us. John was one of Jesus' best friends, and he says, He came and dwelled with us. We have seen, we have seen His glory and the glory of the only, one and only who came from the heavens. 
or came from the Father, full of grace and truth. This is Jesus' personality, full of grace and truth. And we saw God with us. Now, this is another really cool thought, at least for me. Do you really believe in Emmanuel? Do you believe that God is with us? Because if God is with us, what does that mean? What are the ramifications for us if we say that God is with us? That means that we are never, ever, ever alone. Even when we feel like we're alone. Even when we're going through the time in our life when we're sitting there going, I don't think anybody else is going through this. It means that we are never alone. It means that we have a purpose to gather besides a a nice, really warm room. I almost gathered around the wonderful fire up here, you know. If God is with us, He gets up with us in the morning and He goes to bed with us at night. He deals with our darkest things in our lives. If God is with us, it means I may feel alone, but I never am. If God is with me, that it means that I am with God. We serve the only God and the only religion that God wants to hang out. You know, this is the only religion where, where God really wants to come and hang out with you. Study any other religion, and it's all about bad, bad, bad. This is a God that says, I am amongst you. I am with you. I am in you. And that is fabulous. God wants to hang out with you after everything that you've pulled. After every, you know, my dad used to go, oh, if you pull this again, Alan. And God's sitting there going, I love you so much, Alan, I'm still going to hang out with you. Your dad may be upset with you, but I'm going to be with you. I'm going to try to encourage you not to do that, but I'm with you. I mean, look at yourselves. Find a mirror. Okay, well, you don't have a mirror. Look at your neighbor. God still wants to be around you. He still wants to be around me. God, for some unexplainable reason, some weird reason, not only loves you, He likes you, and He wants to be with you. That is just crazy. He even said that He was going to go away and prepare a place for you because He wants to be around you forever. Wow. Emmanuel doesn't mean I was here on this earth for 33 years and now I'm gone. No, it means God is with me. He wanted to hang out and be with me. That is an amazing thing to even think about, to comprehend. Listen to what Jesus said the night before He was crucified in John 15. He said that if you abide with me, I want to dwell or I want you to do, to dwell with me and I will abide in you. If you follow me, I want to be with you. And when you follow me, I'm going to be there every step of the way. So during this week of, you know, it's you know all the busyness, I want you to remember that the fact is that God is with us. He is dwelling in you and through you, and He is with you. That is what Christmas is all about. God wanting to be with us. And He accomplished this through the birth, through Mary, the virgin teenager. And He came as one of us to experience life 
as we experience it. And though the 25th may not be the actual date on the calendar that he was born, it is the day that we celebrate his love for us. It is the day that we come together and, and, and our families and, and go, okay, I know we have gifts under the tree, but it's not about those gifts. Because let me tell you about the ultimate gift. That ultimate gift is that he loves you so much that he died for you. I was talking with somebody earlier today. You can't have Christmas without Easter. And you can't have Easter without Christmas. They go hand in hand. They go together. And because he did that because he loves you. And he wanted to come and be with you. What an amazing thing to even think about. And it began with one man and one woman who knew that the world would laugh at them and say, What? No. No, you guys really, you did it before you got married, right? No, no, you're telling me, no, no, no. You're telling me she, she got pregnant and you guys, oh, well, who was she with? No. The Lord overshadowed us, overshadowed her. And for us, the Lord does the same thing. That Holy Spirit lives in us. And when we live the way that is pleasing to the Lord, we're in the same shoes as Mary. Because people see Jesus coming out of us. They see Jesus through us. And it all happened because one man and one woman said yes instead of saying, you're crazy. They said yes. Are you willing to say yes Lord, take a hold of my life. Are you willing to say, yes, Lord, I need in this one area, I need you to, to come and, and, and be in the midst of it? Or yes, my life is a, a complete shambles. And I know that you can help straighten that out in my life. Are you willing to say yes? That's what he wants. That's all he asks. And then he'll be with you. And life will be so much better for you. Maybe a little crazy sometimes, but it would be so much better. Let's pray. Lord, I, I just pray that you just overshadow us with your Holy Spirit. We need that protection, Lord. We need that guidance. We need that, that mothering. We need that protection. Lord, I pray that in my daily walk with you, that I start to become more like you on a daily basis that my actions, my attitudes reflect who you are in my life. I pray that for all of us, for this church, Lord. And for those that are out there this week, Lord, that are focusing on shopping, focusing on all the family gatherings, on everything, I pray that we not forget, that we not forget your Son came to this earth on a day that we celebrate as Christmas, the day that we celebrate on the 25th, that you coming down, the God of everything, the God of heavens, choosing to come into this world innocent and a little baby. It's just so amazing, Lord. I pray, Lord, that you remind us of that this week every day. Now the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord's face shine down upon you like it did with Mary, that it gives you that karos, that grace. May his face never turn from you. May he provide protection from you for you. May he overshadow you. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.